Welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I am your host, Walter Angel, and I am delighted to have Ashley and Samoa Diaz. Welcome to Exploring Art Podcast. Okay, so today in our podcast, we'll be talking about crucial construction and contemporary art. But before we dive deep into Cristo and a couple of other famous artists that we would like to talk about. I would like the audience to understand what contemporary art is. Um, first, we must ask ourselves what contemporary art is to truly understand the meaning and uh, the art behind these artists. Contemporary art encompasses a diverse range of artistic practices, for example, paintings, sculptures, performance videos, and digital arts. Um, these arts usually refer to the 20th century or up until now. And also another thing I would like to add is that contemporary art is also known for its diversity and experimental nature. Um, I'd like to add that contemporary art pushes boundaries and like traditional notions of art. It mostly came up because people were asking, well, why do we have to stick to like traditional ideas of art? Why can't we just move on to what we prefer? So it reflects like the cultural, social, and political context of its times. And one of the notable contemporary artists who made a profound impact uh, in the art world is Cristo. Um, would you like to tell us uh, a little more about Cristo, Sumo? Yeah, Cristo Vladimiro Yavachev was a Bulgarian-born artist known for his large-scale environmental artworks. Uh, he and his wife, Jay Clot, collaborated on other projects. Christo's works involved wrapping buildings, monuments, and landscapes in fabric or other materials. Some of his most famous works, just to mention a few, are the Rap Reichstag in Berlin, The Gates in New York City Central Park, and The Floating Piers on Lake Isio in Italy. That sounds great. Um, as you mentioned, Christo has a wife goes by the name of Jean Claude. Um, can you tell me uh, how or what role she played in Christo's art? Sure. Jean Claude Denat de Gilbon, uh, also artistic partner of Christo, uh, she played a significant role in the conceptualization, design, and execution of the artworks. Jean Claude contributed, contributed to the artistic visions oversaw logistical aspects and worked closely with Christo to ensure the realization of the creative vision. Their partnership resulted, resulted in monumental and visually striking installations that left a profound impact on the world of contemporary art. Okay, Samuel, as you said, she helped with conceptualization, the design, and the execution. Um, you know, with this information, we, we, we know that we can't give all the credit to Christo because this was a a dual partnership more than just himself creating the art. Um, let's go deeper into Christo and Jean Claude's notable work. Um, Ashley, could you tell us uh, a little something about the Running Fence? Running Fence was actually a really large art installation between 1972 to 1976 in California. 
and it was 24.5 miles long. It was a white fabric fence that ran through the landscape and it went through private properties, roads, hills, and it was basically like a striking contrast between the landscape because it's just one huge white fence across the land. Yeah, as as you said, um, they took very uh, a lot of space to create this art, and you know who knows how much stress and time he actually had to to go through to to create this. Um, would you like to continue, Samuel? Yeah, sure. I want to mention an, another work of Cristo and James Club, and it was called Violin Curtain. This ambitious project involved suspending a massive curtain of orange fabric across the Ripple Gap a narrow valley located in Colorado. The curtain spanned 1,250 feet in length and was held in place by steel cables attached to anchors embedded in the surrounding mountains. This ephemeral inter intervention transformed the landscape and evoked a sense of awe and wonder. That's great. So as we know, the running friends and um. Valley curtains are, are two immense projects that he created, so we already have a, a little insight on what he likes leaning towards or in his art, like immense uh, projects. Um, but as we stated, these two projects, uh, he still has a couple more famous projects. So let's discuss the surrounded islands and Pont Neuf Rap. So Mo, could you continue telling us about his works? Sure. Surrounding Islands was an art installation installation rally set in 1983 in Biscayne Bay, Miami, Florida. This project involved surrounding 11 small islands with bright pink fabric. The fabric panels were attached with a system of anchors, ropes, and buoys, creating a vivid visual spectacle that interacted with the surrounding waterscape. And Pont Neuf Wrapped was an iconic art installation that took place from 1975 to 1985, a whole 10 years. Cristo and Jean-Claude wrapped the Pont Neuf, the oldest standing bridge across the River Seine in Paris, with a sand-colored polymade fabric and ropes. It challenged viewers' perception of a well-known landmark and opened up new avenues for contemplating the relationship between art, architecture, and public space because you're wrapping fabric across basically a, a monument and you're just staring at it and you're like, oh my god. This is so huge. Yeah, that that is fascinating. It's unbelievable for me. Um, just to see Jean Claude and Crystal, Crystal's partnership and how they interacted with the environment, and you know, just invited their audience and their viewers to experience something um, not in the norm because, as we stated, it's um, it is a uh, huge. Yeah, it's it's very huge, and it's also contemporary art, something that wasn't very normal at that time. Um, um, besides this, let's shift and let's discuss uh, the actual process behind uh, Jean-Claude and Crystal's work. Um, what was the process behind this? Like... Because they obviously had to go through many processes and procedures to even obtain this land or create this big, these big 
projects and platforms that they have created in such large scales. Um, can you tell us something about it, Ashley? Good. So Cristo and Jean-Claude had to collaborate with governments, private agencies, and a bunch of other companies to basically realize their large-scale art installations. Because of the ambitious nature of the artwork, they needed permissions, permits, cooperation from authorities, and like basically a bunch of permissions in order to do this because, as I said, it's huge artwork, you're wrapping stuff in fabric, not everyone is going to be like, oh, okay, just go ahead. So they had to go into negotiations with like agencies, environmental departments, authorities, and they had to present proposals, plans, environmental impact assessments, and basically addressing the concerns around what their project would do, if it would affect the environment too much. So they had to basically check out the destructive nature of their art installations to see how much impact it would have. And then they collaborated with the experts to do these impact studies to assure compliance with regulations. As you said, Ashley, they needed permits and a lot of cooperation. And just besides the permits and cooperation, the materials needed to create the art. Uh, Samuel, can you tell us something about um, the financial point or uh, the fi the finance behind these projects? Sure. It's curious that the that the work from Cristo and James Club uh, were self-financed. Their projects through the sale of Cristo original artworks, sketches, and preparatory studies. It's admiring the perseverance that they have with this artistic vision, uh, all the collaborations that they have with government agencies, private entities, and communities. Uh, help them enable the successful realization of their temporary yet monumental artworks. As both of you guys said, um, we both know, or all of us know, that Cristo took um, a lot of time to, to make his projects, and not only time, but money. Um, he also stated once that this procedure of creating art should also be considered art because of the time, the the amount of energy, and just, you know, sculpting and wasting money in any sort of way to create the art should be valued and seen as art. What do you guys think about um, this uh, concept? I actually agree with the idea that the process of art is also art itself, because if you really think about it, there are a bunch of different art processes, and every artist has a unique process that is the art itself. The journey is a part of the art because he's going, he's getting permits, he's scoping out the land, mm -hmm. he's making sure that it won't affect uh, the environment too much. You have to make sure that the art is art. It's impactful. But of course, the process is unique to the artist. It is a part of the art because nobody's going to have the same process. I think, personally, that his artwork, the process was also a part of the contemporary art because he's doing something that other people aren't doing. He's uh, using fabric to contrast the land. He's wrapping things that people want to see wrapped. Basically, his process is a part of the art because nobody else is doing it. That's a part of his art. I think that the process is a part of the art. 
I think, thank you, Ashley. I really enjoyed listening to your perspective on this question because I I haven't seen it from that perspective. Do you want to add on, Sam? Yeah, sure. For me, the artistic process, yeah, is important, but if you don't show, like, what do you want to express in the final in the final art, like, the process is not going to be that notorious. Um, um, yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I, when, once I saw this uh, concept, um, the first thing I thought was the final product should be what is actually considered art, but I really, I really enjoyed uh, listening to Ashley's comment. I think that the process is a part of the art because he spent so much time, so much energy, so much effort doing this. I think it's a process. I think like the process is a part of the art. Like, because like he must have like thought about the end product a bunch of different times. He must have changed it. He must have thought of like, how should I realize this? So the process is a part of the art because you're going through, you're doing stuff other people aren't doing. Is it really the like end so like important? not along with the process um do you have anything to say mm-hmm. Samuel? i mean with that perspective i think yeah that you are right but like i said before um like the the process of an art is like it's going to be more talk if the final how, how do you say it? the final product of the yeah art. The, the, the final product is like more like a masterpiece like yeah it's actually like yeah. it means something um yeah i would i would like to defend samuel because although ashley's points were correct and valid as she stated who knows how many times he's he's changed his idea in an artwork he, who knows how many how many hours he put into the artwork who knows how many money he spent just to create the artwork like we all have to value that and i think that's the beauty in art but just because you put in effort into creating something i don't think that should be considered art it should just be considered the effort to create the art because when i saw the the concept of should the process be art the first thing i thought of was was what samuel um stated um the artwork has to if the artwork does not have a final expression or meaning or just simple beauty would one really care for the artwork or would one really even value the the perspective or the effort that the artist went through to create the art i don't think that but you know when when you had stated your perspective actually that kind of opened my eyes a little bit to see or try and understand why the process of art really is art. However, I I still agree with what Samuel said because I think art is the final product and the final product should be what is, you know, presented to the audience to actually view it and um, appreciate it. Okay, now let's shift our focus onto another influential artist that you may all know as Michelangelo. Samuel, can you tell us a little bit about Michelangelo and his significance to the art world and just art in general? 
Sure. Michelangelo uh, was an Italian artist, uh, one of the most influential figures in Western art history. Uh, he was born in 1475 in Caprice near Arezzo, Italy. Um, and some of the work, and he worked in, in various cities across the country, including Florence, Rome, and the Vatican City. He was primarily a sculptor, painter, and architect, but also excelled in poetry and engineering. Michelangelo's works are known for their exceptional beauty and technical mastery and profound emotional expression. Ashley, do you have anything else you would like to add on about Michelangelo and yeah. his uh, work in yeah, art? Absolutely. Michelangelo's contributions to like the fields of sculpture, painting, architecture have really left an indelible mark on art history because his works embody the ideals of the Renaissance movement. They showcase a revival of the classic forms and humanistic exploration of the individual. His artistic achievements, like he painted the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, people are still going to visit it. It revolutionized the art world and it continues to inspire artists and viewers like today. His uh, David was actually carved out of a large block of marble. It was Carrera marble. He considered Carrera marble as the perfect medium for sculptures due to its exceptional quality, elegant appearance, and basically its workability. He thought that its inherent beauty and luminosity brought his sculptural creations to life and it enabled him to capture the essence of the human form and emotions with unparalleled precision. Carrera marble is actually taken from the region surrounding the city of Carrera in Italy, and it became an integral part of Michelangelo's artistic expression. It allowed him to shape timeless masterpieces that continue to inspire in all audiences to this day. Absolutely, Ashley. Um, knowing that Michelangelo and Cristo are from different eras, um, we can still compare them in many ways and see how both artists engaged in um, monumental and just ambitious installations that are still appreciated to this day. Um, for example, like you said, how you mentioned the Sistine Chapel, the chapel, how even to this day people still go and visit the place and just live and experience the beauty of his art and these other beautiful artistic um projects that that not only Michelangelo but Crystal has created that are still um visited today visited today and appreciated. Yeah, definitely. Because Michelangelo and Cristo, along with Jean Claude, were both prominent artists. Well, technically all three, but they came from different artistic eras. Even though Michelangelo lived during the Renaissance, Cristo and Jean Claude worked during the twentieth and twenty first centuries. And they don't really have a direct artistic connection, but the commonality between their practices is their engagement with monumental and ambitious artworks. Because the David is actually so big, like people say that it's realistic, and it is realistic, but it's huge. That's right. Michelangelo's architectural works, such as Street Peter's Basilica, involve large-scale construction projects that transform spaces and structures. Just like Cristo and James Claude installations require collaboration, planning, and engagement with government agencies and communities to transform landscapes and architectural landmarks on a grand scale. Also, their, their artistic approach to fair, both Michelangelo and Cristo made significant contribu contributions to the art world. 
showcasing the diversity and evolution of artistic expression throughout history. Yeah, as, as both you guys said, this is just absolutely absurd to me because of, you know, just exploring the diversity in each perspective of, you know, the master Michelangelo and the contemporary art duo, uh, duo Christo and Jean-Claude. That's like an insightful observation because Chris's installations challenge conventional notions of art and invite viewers to engage with the interplay between the artwork along with Michelangelo, who also engages with that. The surroundings and the people who encounter it, it's basically it creates a sense of wonder with the scale and temporality of the projects, like the disruption, the dialogue, it prompts viewers to reconsider their relationship with the environment, cultural heritage, the shared spaces, it's basically inviting the audience to interact with the art. Of course, Ashley. The dimensions of Crystal's work add layer and meaning to provoke discussions about art. For example, public space and the relationship between art and society. They offer, you know, different um, point of views, experiences that transcend from transcend from traditional art forms, and you know, just allow the artist to to view the art and have its own um, meaning or profound impact in in the perception of what they see or just the interaction around the world. Uh, Crystal's work, unlike traditional or even contemporary artists, established media that goes beyond being more mere physical construction on natural site. His project extended temporal boundaries, for example, involving entire process for surveys and engineering to fabricating, assembling, and, and engaging in hearing and discussions. It's interesting the perspective that Christo had, like like the challenge by challenge the traditional notion of art as a static object. He expanded the boundaries of art by considering the social context of its realization as an aesthetic component. In his projects, the process of planning and engagement becomes part of the artistic experience. Of course, Samuel, this approach brings us to impose for the art, whether it's Michelangelo sculpting his masterpiece or Christo and Jean-Claude envisioning large-scale installations. Artists are driven by creative impulse that compels to explore their ideas and push boundaries for artistic expression around the world. Yeah, and art also thrives on the relationship with the audience. Michelangelo's works, The Sistine Chapel, continues to captivate audiences centuries later. Similarly, Christo and Jean-Claude's installations also invited the audience to experience their monumental and visually stunning creations firsthand, even for a short period of time. Of course, art creates a connection between the artist and the artwork, and not only just the artist and the artwork, but its viewers. Um, we need to understand how viewers uh, see the art and the actual meaning of what the audience, I mean, what the artist was trying to what the artist was trying to express. Um, in many cases, they can evoke emotions, challenge perceptions, and even just spark up meaningful conversations like the one we had before about Cristo and his concept on the process of art actually being art. Um, this comes to show how art is very broad and, and can't just be understood with such simple terms and, you know, the actual meaning and significance of art and contemporary art, like the topic that we are uh, speaking about in this podcast. Yeah, Chris's approach, like, 
It transcends conventional boundaries of art because it is contemporary art, and it invites us to rethink our surroundings and basically our role within them because it's basically fascinating how art can extend far beyond the physical fabric that Cristo used and it impacts the social fabric society. Um, a question that I could connect to the previous question I asked, um, which I actually am very excited and just want to know what you guys think about. Do you guys think that if Michelangelo or Steven Spielberg um, were to have state that the process of art or just the procedures into creating art is actually should actually be considered art do you think if someone famous and has a a history like michelangelo or steven spielberg um would it be more credible or more believable or at least um more agreed to than if cristo had said it personally i would still agree because the process of art really is the art like along with it it's not just the end product because when you look at um descriptions of art and the explanations behind it the analysis sometimes it includes like what the person did with the art why like the products are important why the supplies used are important why the history behind it is important and there are arts where the process is the art like performance art the process is the art. The audience is interacting with the artist as they see the process happening. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, sure, because, I mean, I'm not like the artist here to criticize whatever people think, but if, I don't know, if someone famous like Michelangelo or, I don't know, Leonardo da Vinci says that the process of art is more important than the final product, I mean, we will, of course, be agree with them. I, I, I like that. Um, I think the um, the importance and just the credibility of an artist does play a, a major role in just simply agreeing with what they say because like like any other credible person, if it's coming out of someone's mouth that you is, understand who you, who you understand and believe and know that they're important into the topic, in this case art, um, I think it'd be so much easier to um, believe or at least agree with compared to uh, Cristo and his concept but enough of this question um, after exploring the work of Cristo and Jean-Claude and you know a little bit of Michelangelo's leg legacy um, this is just a, a glimpse of the diversity and transform the transformative nature of art throughout history um, that is it for our podcast Thank you for joining us so much today, Ashley, and some more ideas. I appreciate it. It concludes Exploring Art Podcast. Subscribe to Exploring Art Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for listening. Please join us soon. And remember, stay curious. Mm -hmm.